0: Working out is just half the equation to living a healthy lifestyle. Nutrition is the other half. You should be a complete trainer. By mastering nutrition with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, you can become just that. As a certified nutrition coach, you'll be able to provide guidance to clients seeking to improve their body composition, athletic performance, and their health through carefully crafted nutrition programs that take age, culture, socioeconomic status, and more into account. Why wait? Start helping clients live their healthiest lives. Sign up for your nutrition certification today at nasm.org slash cnc or call 1-800-460-6276.
1: Hello and greetings everyone. This is Ken Miller.
0: And I'm Wendy Batts.
1: And this is Random Fit. And Wendy and I are coming at you with some maybe not so trivial information when it comes to different aspects of fitness. Wouldn't you say, Wendy?
0: That's exactly it. Just some fun facts, fun facts. Just
1: fun facts, fun (laughs) facts, and somewhat relatable way to you. Um, So we hope you enjoyed the last broadcast uh, related to uh, Rocky Four, which was really fun for us. And today, what do we got today, Wendy?
0: Today we are going to talk about, can you truly squat like a baby?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but the big question is, do you want to? I guess it's something that we're going to answer throughout this podcast. So so Wendy, since we are talking about babies and since I have never delivered a baby my, myself, I have two of them, but... Uh, I'll leave it up to you to talk about baby, to talk about babies since, uh, since you've got one of your own. Oh,
0: well, yes. Um, we're not going to go that graphic into <laughs> having a baby. However, let's talk about truly, you know, you know, we always hear like, you know, we want you to have ideal, you know, squats and we want you to be able to move like a baby. But really, what does that mean? You know, and when you think about it, a baby or if you're thinking about a toddler, a toddler has a big head and it's heavy in relation to, you know, their their body. And and it's a great, you know, think about the proportion and their center of mass. And so not only is it their head, but you also have to think about their height. I mean, toddlers are not very tall. Um, Obviously they grow into an adult. And so the depth that they have to go down in order to perform a squat is obviously way different than an adult when we are looking at truly at range of motion. And then one, one fun fact is that, you know, babies have three bones that are in their pelvis that they don't really become fused together until they hit puberty. And so that obviously plays a big part in the depth and the, their movement patterns. And because, again, think about the, the range of motion that a baby can go to, um, you know, and, and Ken, I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that before we kind of talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just going back to, you know, when, you know, before I had kids and, you know, when you're holding someone else's baby and they, and that when you do that handoff and what, <laughs> what's one of the, what's one of the things that they always tell you, it's like, Oh, hold, hold, the head. hold the head. Right. Well, if you think about the head, when it, when, when it's a little, when it's a little itty bitty thing, that head is about 20% of their body weight. Right. And when you look at the actual length of the head relative to the body, it's already, not already, it starts off at about a quarter of your body length. So however long you are, imagine a quarter of your length being just your head and neck, right? So, and that's one of those things when we when we were like looking up, you know, the ideal squat and why we want to have this squat and what makes uh, babies and, or toddlers, babies don't squat, toddlers do. Uh, so when you look at, you know, all the advantages that, that toddlers have, when they squat, they have that that big head and neck. It's it, it's a big portion of their body weight. So they have all that leverage towards the front, which allows them to drop their hips. So you got a lot going for you when, when you're a little one and getting that butt to the ground or when you're sitting on your heels pretty much and and their ability just to keep their chest up and their head upright, you know, and, and you look at their 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 body percentages when it comes to weight and length. Um, there's a lot going for you, but over time, those things quickly go away when you look at, okay, how we grow up and um, just you know from an environmental standpoint, but also from your your body percentages, where your head now goes from a quarter of your length to now a seventh of your length and then the weight of your head goes from twenty percent to to eight uh, to to eight percent. So things change as you start to put on weight, your your proportions change. So weight distribution-wise, you start to change up, which makes you know get all those advantages you had to help you get that deep squat actually go away. But that's just a part of the natural growth process. So the question I think a lot of people are thinking is: So why do we want to squat like a baby? Why 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 is that one of the things that when I go to a personal trainer, he wants me to get my hips down and keep my chest up? So why why is that important? Why would he even Think about squatting like a little one
0: well I think you know if, if we look at the image and, and I mean they're all over the internet so when you see you know a baby or, or like you said a toddler not a baby but when a when a toddler squats I mean they basically have their butt to the ground they they have if you look at their torso and you look at their tibia so the front of their shin and you look at them from a side view they're making parallel lines and I know like through NASM and when you're doing assessments when we're, we're assessing an adult doing a squat, we are trying to get those parallel lines. And the whole purpose of that is You know, if you have ideal range of motion in your ankles, your knees and your hips, and you go and you go into that parallel line, doesn't have to mean that we're as adults trying to get our butt to the ground. But if we're looking for those parallel lines through movement, then you're going to have equal weight distribution between those specific joints, which is super important, especially as we start loading it with weights or, you know, we're lifting heavy boxes and squatting and picking things up. I mean, all of it, you know, is ideal. And that's that's what we're hoping for, you know, when we're training people is to help them move efficiently and feel better. Um, and, uh, you know, if we don't have those parallel lines, obviously that's we're looking, we're noticing there's going to be a compensation. And so that allows us to identify it. So therefore we can correct it.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, you you have your set of clientele, which they have a certain body type, right? And I, I tend to work with some athletes, but I work with a lot with general population. And when I talk about squatting, I do bring up, you know, especially those that have kids and you remember when your kid was two years old and they were squatting, you remember how they did it? And, you know, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, their, their, their ankles bend, their knees bend, their hips flex and, you know, their spine is tall. Guess what? That's exactly what we try. We strive to do uh, when we squat. Because if you think about it, we we have to squat. Right. We have to squat. I mean, at least once a day. Right. So if you're going (laughs) to the at least, you know, and hopefully if you're drinking water throughout the day as, you know, as hydration is important. um, You know, general rule of thumb there just as a random random point here is, you know, half half your body weight in ounces and water, just straight up water, and we're not counting tea or caffeine or coffee or anything like that. But if you're drinking that much water, uh, hopefully you're going to the bathroom uh, multiple times a day, which means you have to squat. And if you're in if you're in an Asian country where they don't have the traditional toilets like we have here, where you really have to squat, um, you know, you have to get that you have to get those hips down. And it's not like, and I'm sure you've, you've heard stories of your older clients, especially that if we're talking about squatting, you know, they'll kind of sit and then they'll kind of crash into their seat and it doesn't have to be relative to sitting in the bathroom, but also when you see how people get into cars, they'll get a certain range and then they'll fall the rest of the way. And if you think if, if that's how we're moving, we've lost our ability to decelerate, to lower ourselves with a slow and controlled motion, which can mean you know a, you know a little heavier <laughs> impact. but you know it's also going to mean a decrease in your range as as you get forward, as you go forward and and as you go through the aging process. So when we talk about the importance of squat and 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 we can also think about lunging as a variation of a squat as well. So your ability to bend the ankles, you know flex the ankles, flex the knees, and flex the hips in a controlled manner, um, you know, that those are all the things that we have to work back towards just because of all the things that go into when we grow up or how we go through the aging process, we, or what we do behind a computer, we lose that ability to move efficiently, especially in that squatting motion. So, uh, um, so let's talk about some of the things that Outside of just growing, you know, we, we go from, a, uh, you know, a quarter to a seventh and from, you know, a, and those percentage percentages wise that, that changes your your mechanics. But when we go through the aging process, you know, as you're growing up and you're going through the school system, one of the first things that happens that, that takes away your ability to move well is the fact that um, a lot of schools, when it comes down to budgetary issues, unfortunately, one of the first things get cut are the arts, so music, art classes, things like that, but also physical education. So physical, when you take away movement from a child's physical or daily activity, um, you're going to replace it with what? Things where you sit down, um, classes where you sit down, so which, which takes away the demand on the foot and ankles, the knees and the hips, and you're, you're sitting on, you know, you're just sitting on your bottom all day long. Mm-hmm. But um, you throw that on top of not moving, taking 45 minutes to an hour away from someone's, a, a, a child's um, or an adolescent's um, ability to move, you're just gonna compound um, dysfunction year after year after year.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, so, I mean, to your point, I mean, environmental factors play such a big role because, mm-hmm. you know, as a toddler, you're just playing, you're, you're looking for your truck or your Legos or whatever it is, and you're bending down, you're moving, you know, again, there's I don't want to say there's not a care in the world, but I mean, again, they're, they're learning, they're adapting to their environment, their, everything is new. So it's, it's so fun to watch toddlers, um, just get that aha moment when they see something that's exciting, you know, to them because they've never seen it before. However, to your point, you know, as, as, you know, a toddler ages, um, and they do go through the school systems. And as you said, they're sitting all day and think about their book bags. Um, you know, I see, you know, my, my kid is still a, a little guy, but, you know, you see kids getting off the school bus with these gigantic backpacks and they're hunched over because it, they're, it's super heavy and they're having to carry this throughout the day. Um, but, you know, even, you know, that, that's kind of when it starts, you know, like, I mean, like you said, you've got school throughout the day, they're decreasing the physical activity. So if they're in a seated position for many hours and then they're not doing anything to correct that, then there's also now going to start to be imbalances at the hip complex. And, you know, yeah. and again, if we don't really start to look at, you know, um, kind of our youth and start to to focus on helping them out of these compensations that could continue to get worse as they age, then then that's problem number one. But, you know, again, training is still so new for youth, but, you know, a lot of coaches are now starting to identify the importance of proper flexibility, mm-hmm. proper activation, proper, you know, uh, preparation for whatever sport they're doing. However, sports is just that. It's sports. It's fun and everything, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily the best thing for your body, you know? So, right. so another consideration, but um, you know, and then again, as they age, they get out of school, they get a quote, you know, a real job. And if, you know, they, they're sitting long hours at a desk, if they have meetings and they have to wear business attire. Um, I mean, think about, you know, women in high heels or men in dress shoes, all of that is there, there's a heel on the back of their shoe. So therefore they're going to limit the range of motion in their ankle which can then start going up the entire kinetic chain or up the entire body that can cause one compensation after another, after another. So it is a rippling effect. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, babies and toddlers, they're they're not there yet. Half the time they don't even wear shoes. <laughs> so.
1: Right. You know, right. Yeah.
0: A lot which of things to a, think about. Makes
1: it a, a big waste of money when, when you put buy shoes for kids. It's like this kids not even. Walking around yet, and, or or they they make great hand me downs because you just put them on their feet, but there's zero wear down, so it's like, hey, I got these you know, perfect it, shoes for you.
0: It's all about the picture. It's they have to look <laughs> cute, and uh, yeah, because because we do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, these shoes are fantastic, and you know they may not right. be functional, but they look good. So
1: <laughs> right now, now speaking about shoes, I mean, you 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 brought up um, um, you know high heel shoes or elevated heel shoes for females. Well. The other thing about shoes, and we're not trying to bash shoes. We need shoes, right? <laughs> um, but and it's in its role in how it creates dysfunction up the chain from the foot and ankle all the way up to the hip, is that a lot of people forget that even even men in business professional, it's a hard sole shoe. So it's still elevated. Not it's not you know like what a, a female would wear. But it's still elevated, but because it's a hard sole shoe, you don't get that pronation and supination or that ability to for that foot to collapse and rise as you walk naturally. So you start to develop those compensation patterns all the way up the chain as well. So if the ankle doesn't move well, I think one of the points that we're making here, Wendy, with bringing up shoes relative <laughs> to hips, is the fact that if, if the foot and ankle don't doesn't move well, neither will the hips. And both of those joints with the knee in the middle, knee stuck in the middle, right? It has no choice. It's just going to go this way and that way. But it's the hip and the foot and ankle that have to do all that dynamic movement in in all three planes of motion, um, forward, side to side, as well as a rotational um, component. But if those two bookends don't work well, the knee is going to suffer. And again, back to the back to the point of this, it's it's gonna take away from your ability to squat down because if, if your foot doesn't move, neither will your hips. So mm-hmm
0: and when you're yep. sitting for long you know like long periods of time and we're we're picking on sitting but it could be anything whatever whatever's not normal to your body um if you're standing in a you know with your feet turned out or you know as as a mom and holding a baby you know you sometimes will hike a hip to hold on to the baby to you know mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. do multiple things um, you know, that, that, that stuff over time starts to become what your body considers the new normal. And so I know um, with my clients often, I'll tell them, Hey, you know, I want you to really focus on trying to stand with your feet straight ahead. And they're like, well, my feet are straight, but then when they visually look down, they're turned out to the side because what it feels like and what it looks like are two totally different things. Um, you know, it's kind of like your your brain is like a pro, you know a programming system, and if you program mm-hmm. your body to move and work this way, but you don't reprogram it the right way, that incorrect way becomes the new quote norm. And um, right. trying trying to break that programming takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort. But um, you know, again, the, it's it's awesome to see you know foam rolling and stretching kind of coming back into like this is super important. Recovery is super important now. But, um, you know, it's really identifying, hey, what's causing these compensations? How did I change Mm -hmm. from, you know, I was a baby, I was being swaddled, now I learned to walk, and now I'm a mess. I mean, (laughs) that's what it's coming down to. And, you know, it's just think also how you sleep. I mean, for yeah. the longest time, I was a stomach sleeper. So think about the positioning of my head. You know, in order yeah. to breathe, you got to turn your neck. So your neck is in a weird position. Um, you know, like if you you know bring your knees up to your stomach, your hips are in a shortened position for as long as you're asleep. Like, you know, anywhere from, what, seven to eight hours, hopefully. Um, but, you know, I, again, you've got to work with what you have. And so. Um,
1: yeah. So yeah. You, you were a stomach sleeper. I used to be like more like a Spider-Man. Sleep, you know, when, you, <laughs> when you're sleeping. And you're kind of, and your knee is up to the side. Oh yeah. Um, I, 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 if I slept like that today, I wouldn't. I'd have to call my neighbor and say, "Hey, you're gonna have to call. You're gonna have to call somebody up here and get, get me out of. Bed. I, I won't. I would not be able to move." Um, yeah. So sleep patterns, uh, how you sleep, and you know, I don't know how many times, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times too. It's like somebody comes in and they're doing one of these jobbers. Oh you know? yeah. Uh, I think I slept wrong last night on like, yeah.
0: My Probably. favorite is when I-
1: Now, you know, you know you're in a bad, yeah.
0: And I was just gonna, was gonna say, say, my favorite is when situation. they say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you have to recover from your sleep session.
0: Exactly. Um, well, that's yeah, that's yeah. where I was headed. Or you say, okay, well, what do, what, do, what, what do you mean you think you slept weird? And I'm like, well, how do you sleep like normally? And they're like, <laughs> oh, I sleep on my side, but I have my arm up underneath my pillow. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's yeah. not normal. That's, that's yeah. not normal. And that is going to lead to more pain and restriction in your neck. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we can do to correct just your sleeping pattern first, and then we can minimize the, oh, I think my neck is a little, little, um, tight or quote stuck.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Um, corrective exercise for sleep, Wendy. I think we need to come up with a, with a curriculum for that. You think we can,
0: Hey, you know, (laughs) you know what,
1: stretch and then go to sleep. (laughs)
0: I think we're on to something. Maybe that's yeah. our that's our next thing. Yeah.
1: The next, the
0: next, how do you sleep?
1: Yeah, how do you sleep? We gotta compensate. We gotta you gotta observe compensation patterns for sleep. Anyway, yeah. I think we're digressing. Uh yeah. so Chalker, right? Uh, when, it, when it comes to again, get it. Well getting back to the point of um, you know, when it comes to movement and how we're just gradually taking away movement, and the sad part of it is is that we get acclimated to it so early again from like my kids are they're doing their distance learning right now they're sitting behind the computer so one's in fourth grade one's in second grade and you think my you know again if if it wasn't here they'd be in class sitting but now they're just staring at a screen forward shoulder head is hopefully they're engaged um but they're (laughs) flexed in the hip and the knee and the ankle but they're doing that for you know from 8.30 8.30 to three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but then you take that, that that is their way of life from, from first grade through college. And then when they get into the workforce, now they're going to do that on their commute to work, during work, on their commute home from work. And hopefully they're active and, and doing something recreational, like, you know, some kind of softball league or something after work. I don't know. Uh, something to where you get outside, but it's such a gradual creep that you don't, you know, the hip tightness, the the knee and foot and ankle immobility, it's just crept along for the previous, you know, 14, 16 years that all of a sudden you're asked to do something like a overhead squat and then you realize I can't squat. And, mm-hmm. and the realization now has to come from, you know, has to hit home with you when you're thinking, okay, well, I've put on this weight. Now I have to move, whether it's go outside and run, get on the elliptical, get on the treadmill, lift some weights, do some squats, do some lunges. And now that you have to move in space, and now that you have to, if you're going to spend some calories, you have to have some speed and tempo with it, or you're going to have to have some load, um, whether it's, holding a sandbag or a dumbbell or a bar and now you really realize how much you need those hips and especially if you have a personal trainer or if you have a if you have a uh, workout partner and they're telling you lower get lower get lower Lo- whatever you just did get lower than that all right get lower and you realize hey i can't do it right so and that that brings up you know one of the reasons why you have to have You know, if you're going to do it right, you're going to have to have somebody look at you. Whether it's a personal trainer who's who's experienced with observing um, or experienced with assessments and observing those less than ideal compensation patterns, and that's where you can figure out, okay, what's going to work well for Wendy, what's going to work well for Tony, to get them to move better, to get them to squat, and to try and regain what we had when we were toddlers and lost over the years
0: well i mean i think to your point though too um you know for you know for those of you that have never had an assessment done on yourself it's very eye-opening because for me i thought you know what i i do this for a living like my squat must be fantastic and i never really had someone sit down and say listen let's do an assessment on you and then i was kind of shell-shocked when i saw my own results and i'm like you know what wow, like there are a lot of things I need to work on. And, you know, um, I know, listening to my clients, and, and, you know, those of you out there, again, that, you know, may never have had a trainer, but have had this happen, you know, we see the statistics that approximately like 80% of, you know, the population at some point in their life will have low back pain. And I mean, that's, a that's a significant number. But if you, you know, are, are kind of that person that sits a lot because of work or you're you know you've got a lot of stress in your job and you, you know you're trying to multitask doing a bunch of different things and then you try to go to the gym and you haven't really identified like the right kind of things to stretch or you know right type things to try to realign your body correctly and then you lift heavy or you know you're continuously running or doing something with these compensations that are not ideal then you get sore, you're miserable, your lower back hurts, your knee hurts, you know, there's there's issues going on. And then you just don't go back to the gym. And so again, that's kind of like, when we talk about, you know, people will come in, they join the gym at the beginning of the year, everyone's gung ho, like they've got these, these goals, but then they never return. It's, it's probably because they did something wrong and, um, and they, they just don't feel as ideal right. as they thought they would going into doing something that was going to make them move and, and um, feel better because, you know, Ken, as, as you stated before, I mean, if you, if you don't have the range of motion and you're trying to force it, it's never going to work. You've got to work right. on getting that range of motion. And I right. think that's, that's kind of one of the big takeaways too, is, you know, babies are super flexible. Toddlers are amazing. Like when they sit down and they sit in these positions, I only dream of sitting in. they do it without even thinking about it. Because, again, I mean, obviously there is that the three bones that aren't fused. I mean, that's super important when you're thinking about the hips and also thinking about the acetabulum, because in an adult, ours is way deeper than in a toddler. And so they do have a little more degrees of freedom in their hips than we do as we age. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, Can you truly squat like a toddler? The answer to that is no. However, you can still (laughs) squat with ideal form if you work on it correctly. And I think to me, that's my big takeaway. That was the key point that I really wanted to stress on this because Mm -hmm. you got to do the work in order to move the way that, that everybody wants to, you know?
1: Right. And, and one of the things you, you said earlier is like you you realize or somebody watches you squat and then you realize, okay, this is what I have to foam roll. This is what I have to stretch. This is what I need to strengthen. And this is how I'm going to string everything together. And for a lot of people, that is a lot. And it's overwhelming. And you're thinking, I am never going to overcome this this mountain yeah. of, of things that People are telling me, Dora, if I'm watching, you know, social media, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to work on my ankle. I have to work on my hips. And, you know, you know, and and let's not, you know, let's not forget about this low back pain that I get occasionally. Um, so. And the thing of, and the advantage of of really getting assessed is that if you're with somebody who's worth their weight in, in gold, when it comes to their skill set in personal training, one of the things that they will be able to do. Is be able to break things down into bite-sized chunks. So here you are, you've got all of this. You know, I got a list of things I need to foam roll, a list of things I need to stretch, a list of things I need to strengthen, and you know where do you begin? Well, if you're with somebody who actually understands the process, they've assessed you um, pretty well. They've kind of ruled out some things. They've and from there, they've been able to prioritize. Okay, out of all the things that we can do, these are your big rocks, and hopefully if we break these big rocks down those little rocks some of them might even disappear right so if i if I work on your hip internal rotation right if I can if I work on your hip internal rotation and, and knee extension for a lot of issues uh, it, it's going to clean up other things in your movement pattern so that's where uh, getting with a trainer and and move and, and observing your movement efficiency And then being able to prioritize, maybe, maybe it's the hips and not the ankles, but with another variation of assessments, you realize that, hey, it is the ankles and not so much the hips, right? As far as what we can hammer down first. So, so all those, all those points are are great points. And, and the one thing that, um, you know, to, to break it down is like, yeah, we, we need to move. We need to move efficiently, but be patient. Get the right guidance, hopefully. and it's hard to discern what the right guidance is if you've never been with a personal trainer or if you've never been told that you don't move well. It's like, hey, I'm you know I can still bench two hundred and seventy five pounds. Who are you to tell me I don't move well? Well, you <laughs> can't squat and without your <laughs> knees caving in and and you can do two hundred and twenty five, but your shoulder starts to hurt you after a while or your low back starts to hurt you. So, what good does it do to be, you know, strong and pretty and have all those muscles showing if you don't move well because, you, you, you know, or, or you're hurt all the time?
0: Well, and that kind of brings up a really important point is, okay, you may be able to bench that, but where in real life do you need to bench that? Is that something that you need to do every single day for your job? Right. Because then that's important. But if you can't do the activities of daily living, like, you know, picking up your kid if, if they're younger or, you know, picking mm-hmm. up. You know going to pick up a piece of paper that you happen to drop on the floor because something's gonna pull give or hurt that's kind of a a problem and uh you know one of my favorite quotes and this is from one of our our dear friends um ken and i both rick ritchie you know his big thing is you know a whole lot of a whole lot of what is it um what is it oh a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing and, and I mean, exactly that's it. the way yeah. that's the way you need to approach your program. So sorry, Rick, that I kind of butchered that in the very beginning. <laughs> but um, but it's 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 so true. And that is, you know, that's something that I love every time he says, because I mean, that's true in life. You know, I mean, you have to work towards a goal and, you know, fitness and movement and everything is a goal. I mean, and you have to do something every every day or, you know, make it a priority because, you Because, again, you can't just assume that, you know, if you just do something a little, you know, um, like once or twice a week and you have a a, a magnitude Mm -hmm. of, you know, of of pain or issues or compensations or whatever it is, discomfort, you know, it's never going to get better unless you, you put some time and effort into it. And so it doesn't have to be multiple times. And, and Ken, you can talk about this too. You know, people feel like, Oh, I've got to spend an hour every day, you Mm -hmm. know, working on this. And to me, it's 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you tell people, but just do a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. Just do, do a little as often as you can. And, and you're going to see gains every time, as long as you're consistent. You've got to be consistent, just like you have got to be consistent with with things that you do in your job or things that you do, you know, in your in your family life. Um, it all takes work, and and uh, if you apply yeah. it, then then again, you're going to move better, feel better, and then you'll perform better in everything that you do.
1: Right, and and that's something that I that I emphasize, especially with my with my corporate athletes. Right, those those those. those. <laughs> clients that I have that, yeah, they sit behind a desk. That is their job. That is their that is their activity. So whatever you're going to put your body through, you, you have to train for it. So if I'm going to sit down, if that's what I have to put my body through, you might as well train for it. And when I say train for it, that 10 to 15 minutes or tw- 10, 12 minutes that you might be able to carve out, if you can do that, instead of an hour block, which a lot of people think that's what they've got to do. I, I didn't have time for a workout. I'm did you have 10 minutes where you just kind of twiddled your thumbs or kind of looked at the sky or, or scrolled through your social media? If that same 10 minutes, you take that to, you know, to foam roll your calves, foam roll your, your, your hamstrings, get a calf stretch, get a little hamstring stretch, or even more appropriately, probably a calf quad foam roll and a calf quad stretch. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's 10 minutes and you're not going to get, you know, and that, that just, unwound what you've just bound by sitting down for the last two hours. So then you can hit the next two hours without getting as crushed. And then maybe the next block of 10 minutes, maybe we do, you get, let's say your uh, hypervolt and you just get the front of your shoulders and your biceps, and then you go and get a little pec stretch, right? And, you know, a little bit of a neck stretch, and then go until your next break and then maybe for the third session you get something you know for you get the you know you get the uh mini sphere and you get your tfl and maybe you sit on it and get your get your glutes and you do a little hip flexor stretch and you get a little you know a little a little hip stretch a little figure four stretch and you just opened up the hips so that's one strategy i might incorporate you know Mm -hmm. something for the foot and ankles something for the hips something for the shoulders, where if you have 10-minute increments broken up over three times during your workday, well, guess what? You just got 30 minutes worth of working out done, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't sweat or anything, but it prevented you or kind of offset this posture, right? Forward, elevated shoulders, hip flexed, all of that stuff, because, yeah, we get compressed, you know, through our trunk and our spine, and it's our job. If we're truly going to be healthy, and, you know, that what that means is we have a nice elongated spine. We have an open anterior surface of our trunk. And, and that's what's going to help us move better, not just here, but in other places. It just takes one area of the body to be compressed and not moving well to affect other parts of the body to not move well also. So, you yeah. know. When it comes to the squat, it doesn't always have to be about the hips and getting your butt down. I mean, that is one region of the body that we're watching when we're when we're observing somebody move, but you have to think about what else is connected to the hips that's going to affect how well the hips move. And I think that's that's a good segue to talk about a little bit about compensations and some of the things that we can observe that can help help you figure out what needs to be addressed after observing a certain movement pattern.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think one of the points that we, you know, with we talk about our, our, you know, squat, just, you know, all together is, you know, if you see that your feet are turning out because again, maybe it's your high heel shoes or maybe it's just your calves are extremely tight, which is, you know, if you're walking a lot or hiking or doing those things, it's a very, very common compensation and it's something as easy as foam rolling the outside of your calves and then stretching them. And then if you, you know, even if you look at yourself in the mirror and you, you don't have you don't have a personal trainer there to tell you what you see. If you go into a squat, just look at how you move, like do your knees go in? And if so, spend some time stretching your inner thigh, um, you know, do your arms. If you lift your hands over your head and try to squat, do they fall forward? And if they do, you know, stretch your lats, or if you know that you have rounded shoulders, stretch your pecs. Um, if you have a lot of stress in your neck, stretch your neck um, and hold those stretches, you know, 20 to 30 seconds multiple times a day or as often as you can. I mean, those are those are certain things that, that you can do on your own. Um, the big thing to also remember though, is things get really tight and they're gonna put you out of alignment. But there's also the opposite side to also consider, which is the muscles that are in a lengthened state. Meaning if your pecs are super, super rounded and your neck is forward, the muscles in the back are in a lengthened position position and allowing those compensations to happen. And so, you know, um, there are certain exercises like, you know, trying to bring you back, doing Cobras, doing, you know, retraction, so chin tucks, little things like that can make a significant difference in your movement. You know, but also think too about your, your, I want to make sure that I pinpoint this is like your squat depth. Like think about just sitting in a chair, like you don't have to go lower than that. And if if you do look at a toddler and you're like, I wonder what, whether, you know, a toddler squat really looks like, I haven't really looked at that. You're going to see that their butt really is towards the ground, but as adults and think about our limb length difference. I mean, obviously we have a, a greater distance that we have to go in order to get that low to the ground, we would have to tuck our, our hips underneath. So we would have to go into a compensation in order to get our butt that low, which isn't what we ideally want to do. I mean, so again, our, our squat depth would be different. Um, but, you know, again, just even if there's small compensations, there's super easy ways to get yourself out of it. Um, you know, you brought up some great ice products. I love them. The vibration therapy and the technology that they have, I think is fantastic. But even just, you know, a regular foam roller to start, if you're not used to that or you don't Mm -hmm. want to spend that kind of money just to start, it's better than nothing. And and again, you know, just just take the I hate to say this, take baby steps to get there. But you can (laughs) you can, um, you know, definitely work towards getting that ideal range of motion. It just it does take it just takes time. and, And again, those baby steps.
1: Yeah, yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. And it didn't take one day for you to move the way we move, right? And whatever inefficiency that reflects. But um, we just have to be patient. You have to be consistent. And you have to be patient. And hopefully, if you have the right strategy, you're going to accelerate the time it takes for you to to actually move better. But that's going to show itself in a lot of different ways. You're going to feel better. Um, things going to feel easier. You're going to be more productive in um, in the weight room or the gym or health club or walking or whatever it is that you're doing physically. But uh, for the most part, um, you know, you're going to notice that you're going to go through the aging process with a lot more ease compared to <laughs> if you didn't do anything. You know, to to get the hips down with ability to move the ankles, move the knees, and move the hips, right?
0: Well, and and again, think about how you look, because I'm not sure, um, you know, like if you think about this, if you see someone that's walking towards you and their feet are out, so they're kind of walking like a duck, you know, and then they um, are kind of rounded at their back and their shoulders are forward and their necks forward and they're coming towards you, A, they look miserable, but B, it's just not a good look. So, you know, I mean, you know, people are so concerned about wrinkles and gray hair and and that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, well, those are, you know, cosmetic things. I mean, yes, you can deal with that in a totally different way, but posturally the way that you look, I think also makes a big difference because you feel better. You're going to move better. You're going to perform better. But just on an appearance side, you're going to you're going to you know feel taller. You're going to end up you're going to breathe easier. You're going to be able to do things um, with simplicity because it's not like an effort to do some of this stuff because again you're working on proper movement mechanics.
1: Right. So overall, I think getting back to the squat motion, yeah, uh, and and I say squat just as a general term, right. It's it's a general term for just being able to move the ankles, move the mm-hmm. hips. The knees are going to do what they're going to do. That's why I like to pick on the foot and ankle and the hips. Either one doesn't move well, nothing else is going to move well either. So whatever it takes to get you to move more like a baby, than I guess the other end of the spectrum, right? When you when you can't when you're when you're flexed, you're hunched over, your butt is tucked under, and you're you know you you look like a human cashew. Uh, Or or, or you look like, you know, you look like you're a crescent moon. Yeah. You're looking, you're looking for change all the time.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: So they, you know, your body's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take shape into whatever, whatever it can stabilize. And if it can't, if it, if your body can't trust your glutes and your hips, it's just going to take that out of the equation and just kind of curve everything else around it. Like, like that little, like what you're saying, like, that, that crescent moon or is, I like to say, human cashew. Um, I like that. because ca- cashew is my favorite nut, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Wendy, cool. any, any last comments or, or statements or takeaways when it comes to, uh, squatting like a baby?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it, again, if you haven't looked like online or you haven't seen a toddler squat, it's really fascinating to watch. And again, me having, I, my kid is now four, but watching him grow and just seeing the changes, um, you know, we've started to notice like his left foot's turning out or like, oh no. So we're like already working on trying to fix that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't right. know if that's good or bad. Um, however we are, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, I know, right. But I mean, <laughs> I think it's fascinating just to watch the changes and 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 then, you know, identifying, you know, what could be causing some, some things that aren't ideal, like, you know, like you said, foot out, knees in, arch back, arms falling forward, forward head, you know, um, the tech neck is a big thing that's, you know, that's out there these days because there's so many people looking down, texting Mm -hmm. on their phone. I mean, unfortunately that's a huge, huge issue, um, that's starting to to really take off now, especially over COVID. Um, and, uh, And so, you know, I think the big takeaways is, again, you're never going to be able to probably squat like a baby. Again, there were a lot of factors we just talked about, you know, where where we have obviously a height difference. There is a head, you know, proportion, (laughs) we're we're proportioned differently than we were when we were, you know, two or so. And um, and even though we can't squat with ease like that, you know, at this time in our lives, as we continue to age, working towards ideal range of motion, getting those parallel lines in your squat. It really, really can make such a big difference in how you feel, how you move and decrease the chances of injury um, long-term. So, so take care of yourself. I mean, that's the big, I think my Mm -hmm. big takeaway, don't, don't worry about what other people are doing. Take care of yourself, find out where you may not be moving appropriately and then take the right steps on trying to get yourself more flexible in certain areas and stronger in other areas, so therefore you can start to have a really good squat. Maybe not like a toddler, however, yeah, um, a good squat for you.
1: Right, and uh, I think you know to to go with that. You know, the one thing that I want to impress upon people is that you know you want to move well and you want to move often. So just like you know, you ever try to follow a kid, a little a little toddler? Uh, ever, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it. I mean, it, it's you're like, man. When does this kid sit down, right? Uh, so, yep. so move well. So, what you're talking about, is, you know, move well, move better, and then my my tag on to that is you got to move often, just like a kid mm-hmm. would, just like a toddler would. So, because you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you spend more energy, you get more energy and it's, and it's, it's, it's a cycle that just feeds on itself. So if you move better, you're going to want to move. If you move better, you're going to want to move more. Right. And if you have more capacity, you ever see anybody that has like, get surgery and they feel so much better. What do they want to do? They just want to go outside. They want to do things. And it's up to the doctor or the physical therapist saying, Hey, I, you're doing too much. You need to calm down, right? So, but in this case, if, if it's not surgery related, you're moving better. You should be moving more because that's what it's going to take for you to now, you know, propagate that, that the level of energy, level of high energy and, and keep you vital and vibrant throughout. Did I just use two V words?
0: Uh, you did. That's it makes you, yeah.
1: It makes you, <laughs> makes you vital uh to, you know to, to living your life and you know that's what it's gonna take to kind of delay that aging process so so yeah I think I think that's that's a good uh, that's a good amount of information when it comes to uh squatting like a baby or squatting yeah. <laughs> squat, squatting this like is so much
0: fun I mean I could talk <laughs> about this stuff all day with you again so um yeah yeah so thanks for doing this topic with me it's yeah, been, no. it's been- Good time. My
1: pleasure. Yeah, it's always a good time, Wendy. So I'll catch up with you next time. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to whatever format you're listening to uh, this podcast on. And we'd really appreciate having you around the next time. So take care and be well, everybody.